Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, I'm Paul Winkler. Well, there's one thing, you know, as I was talking to him, it would be really interesting to hear a legal opinion on this whole thing. I just got into a conversation with several people just talking about the legal system in, in America and, and saying, you know, wouldn't it be really nice as many times as we see these, these lawsuits on things and you, you have somebody that is sued for something, a company that's sued for something, and they're not liable. I, I guess I guess really where this came from was talking about, uh, you know, when people are going and getting degrees for chemistry and biology and especially chemistry, because, you know, you're dealing with companies that are making products. And, and I made the joke to one of the professors, you know, I was, I was, I was talking to one of the professors at Trebekah and I said, you know, isn't it, um, you know, it doesn't, it seem risky if you're a company hiring these people and going, are we going to get sued out of existence, you know, because we come up with a product that causes cancer in California? And that's kind of the running joke is where you always see these cases, right? And he goes, yeah, you know, it, it is uh, to some extent. And I says, well, when are we going to do a loser pays in the United States? And I haven't heard it. They used to be big talk years ago, and I don't know why nobody talks about it anymore. You know, if you're an attorney and you listen to the show, and you have a good answer as to why that is the case, please email me, paul at paulwinkler.com. I would love to hear the answer to that as to why it is that we cannot embrace that system. But anyway, there was a lawsuit against uh, a, uh, a recent lawsuit against Panera Bread that implicates the chain, chain's caffeinated charged lemonade in the death of a college student. And, you know, this this was a, a lawsuit that was, you know, that was uh, written about in Market Watch, but I think one thing that came out of the article that I thought was interesting, because a lot of people, including myself, would like to know this. I mean, how many times do we, because of ADHD and, and people actually trying to find some way to deal with, you know, tension issues, or maybe just trying to wake up in the morning and just trying to have your head, you know, fog cleared, uh, we'll drink coffee. And you go, well, how much is too much? And they said, so is, um, yeah, they said, they said something about uh, 390 milligrams in, in something that they talked about here. They said, student uh, 21 drank Panera's charged lemonade, contains up to 390 milligrams of caffeine. And in September 2022, according to the lawsuit filed, uh, she died later that day. And the suit, which is just, that's just absolutely tragic. I mean, good grief. Brought by her parents, accuses the chain of failing to warn consumers about its ingredients. And it says now they're displaying an enhanced disclosure about its charged lemonade. It's kind of like McDonald's with their coffee, right? You know, right. This, is this, this is hot. Yeah. It this, might burn you. And, you know, yeah, but how do you know how much caffeine is too much? And it says it's quite a lot. In fact, healthy adults should stick to less than 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. So they have 390 in one drink. They should. They said four, 400 in a single day is what they said here. And he says, but what does it look like? And I thought, yeah, what an interesting question. What does that look like? 
And they said it's about eight cans of Diet Coke is what that equates to, or four cups of home-brewed coffee. So you probably don't have to worry about completely giving up your favorite coffee or caffeinated drink just yet. I don't know. I know a lot of people that drink way more than four, <laughs> four cups. Why is she drink more than four? Uh, but, you know, that I think it's important to know that. So I just thought I'd bring it up here as a public service on the Investor Coaching Show. How much coffee is too much? I guess four cups or more is uh, going above four cups is just uh, a little bit too much. Unless yeah. it's um, Panera Lemonade, then you only want one. And then you yeah. only want, yes. Like I can't drink Red Bull. Monster energy drink. I can't drink any of those energy drinks. Well, well first I of all, Red Bull tastes disgusting. <laughs> it tastes does. Disgusting. <laughs> Reason why for me, my, my heart skips. Really? Uh, I, yeah, and I feel like I'm about to faint. I'm about to like it is too much. Yeah, I didn't. And I, to that, you to your point, to your that, story, then. the female, uh-huh. she had health complications already. Oh, she wow. couldn't drink oh, anything wow. caffeinated. Oh, so okay. Yeah. With that, like you said, people need to be aware, especially if you have a. If you, high blood pressure and things like that, you need to pay attention to what you're intaking into your body. Well, we do live in an imperfect world, that's for sure. Well, even if you don't have problems, you should be aware of what you're putting into your body so that you don't have problems. Yeah. Well, but you look at that and go, how on earth, how much is too much for one person may be totally different for another person, apparently, True. is what we're hearing. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, uh, computers. You know that uh, this is interesting because we talk about, you hear all kinds of commercials for diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, we got this diamond, we got that diamond, this, and then, of course, we talked about, I, I joked about how you know, the Twilight Zone had that whole thing, that episode on gold, mm-hmm. and how, you know, we learned to manufacture gold was the end of the episode, they, you know, because these guys were trying to, they robbed a train, they were trying to get this gold, and they were going to make it to civilization a hundred years. Remember this Leviticus? They put themselves to sleep for a hundred years and they woke up a hundred years later. Nobody would know that they robbed a train was the idea behind putting themselves to sleep. And it's kind of, you know, Twilight Zone always had weird little <laughs> stories, storylines. And then what ended up happening is only one guy makes it out towards civilization and he gets there and these people are, you know, in hovercraft, uh, you know, driving around. They see this guy begging for water. He's got all this gold and he's begging for water. I mean, you know, when it really comes down to it, what do you really want when you're dying of thirst? You don't want a bar of gold. <laughs> it's just not going to help you. It was the water that the guy wanted. And the lady goes, honey, didn't we learn how to manufacture that years ago? And, and he's got, and that was the end of the story. Well, the idea being that can you learn to manufacture something? I don't know, but diamonds is one of those things that they actually learned how to manufacture. Yeah, laboratory diamonds. They're a fraction of the cost of a real diamond. can you do it with a metal is the question. You know, who knows? Uh, But this is, you know, this is basically you had the, and it was the big debate on how many millions of years did it take to actually create coal uh, and then coal and diamonds and all of that. And, and of course, compression, you can do some pretty crazy things with a bunch of heat and a bunch of compression. Well, what they figured out, though, which is really interesting for computers, is that with diamonds, they actually might help dissipate. They are apparently a good conductor of heat, which I had no idea about. And, you know, when your laptop gets really, really hot, right? You know, you're trying to get the microchip faster and faster and faster, but the problem is that the the laptop gets too hot and the microchip doesn't work anymore, apparently, according to this, what they were saying in this article that I read earlier today. And they said, now what they're doing is they have this layer of silicon and then they have the usable layer of silicon and you have uh, apparently 221 degrees and they become unreliable, these, these chips do. 
And what happens is that the high-performance high microchips that they have now consume about 100 watts of power per square centimeter, and they have to figure out how do we get this heat out of there? You know, how do we, how do we remove it? Well, they have figured out, which is, you know, this is just innovation. I think it's fascinating that if you take some diamonds and, and you put that into the equation, uh, it'll dissipate some of the heat, and you might be able to actually increase the speed of chips. It might be something that is not too far in the future, which to me, I think it's just anything interesting that you can make these things more efficient. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm reading uh, Elon Musk's biography. You, are you really? Oh, yeah. And I bet the, that's fascinating. The man is totally fascinating. Um, and he says all, you know, he says all the time, if it's, not for the, if it's not being done in the private sector, there will be no innovation. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's simply because there's no impetus, there's no there's profit no motive. There's no competition. There's no profit motive. Whether to bring, whether to bring the, pro- the cost down, whether to figure out a way to lower the cost, to improve profits. But government run actually stifles innovation. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, the rocket ships that mm-hmm. he's created. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that four, three rocket ships actually blew up before he had a successful fourth mission. Yeah, I remember seeing some of those early, you know, explosions and going, wow, that guy has guts to keep going. Yeah, and at the time of the fourth launch, mm-hmm. both Tesla and SpaceX were struggling. Mm-hmm. And he knew that if this fourth launch was not a successful launch, mm. not only would SpaceX go under, but nobody would have faith in Tesla. Sure, and they were, you know, because Tesla needed another infusion of money mm. and said, who's going to give him more money when if, if he know, fails all the time? Right. You don't have a thousand times like Edison, you know, a thousand yeah. different materials that it won't make a but light bulb. But it, it's just amazing of his drive and mm-hmm. the way he thinks. Um, he would walk into a room with engineers that were having a problem with a product. Mm-hmm. And he would say, well, all you need to do is this, this, and that. And he would walk out of the room and they would look at each other and say, he has no clue what he's talking about. And then they would look at the problem and they would look at their computer stuff and say, by George, he's got the answer. You know, I mean, he just thinks at a whole different level. That's what happens when you're on spectrum. Um, But he thinks at a whole different level, um, you know, and like, I didn't know that he was not actually the founder of Tesla. There were other guys that actually, oh really, yeah, okay. patented the name and oh, incorporated the name. It's just, but yeah. you know, with the with this diamonds, you know, people are going to find a way, and it's the you know the private sector, and we talked about this in one of our workshops, mm-hmm. that you know, capitalism is the greatest system there is, right? Because it, capitalism, you know, whether people realize it or not, capitalism is actually there and created to benefit the consumer. Right. But we demonize the person that comes up with the product. Right. And here we go, Yo, you're making too much money. And go, well, wait a minute. You're walking around with some pretty cool technology. Right. <laughs> because of the things that these people have created. Yes. You know, so. It's, it's so ironic. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. 
Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.